What's up, everyone? Welcome to episode 16 of Preloaded, the podcast dedicated to previewing and talking about all of the biggest and most exciting upcoming video games. My name is Josh Finderup, and I'm joined, as always, by the other half of Preloaded, Jackson Vanover. How are you doing this week, Jackson? I'm doing great, Josh. We've got a lot of cyberpunk to get into. Another week of next-gen consoles. Yeah, really exciting show. Yeah, the cyberpunk news just came in droves this week. We've got a lot of that. We've got some James Bond news to talk about. We even have some exciting GTA news. And we're going to get into our Game Awards predictions. So you want to stay tuned for all of that. But first, you can catch Preloaded every Friday. We post on both of our YouTube channels. I'm Quest Mode on YouTube. Jackson is JV, J-A-Y-V-E-E. If you prefer to listen, you can catch the audio version over on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and Stitcher. And if you are listening on any of those platforms, we'd love for you to leave a review if you're enjoying the podcast. That'll definitely help us grow our audience. You can also write into Preloaded at the email address preloadedpodcast at gmail.com. And we would love to get your questions. At the end of the show, we dig into our mailbag and we... Read one of your questions and discuss it on the show. So if there's anything you want to hear Jackson and I talk about next week, write at us and let us know what you want to uh, discuss. Again, it's preloadedpodcast at gmail.com. And speaking of questions, we are going to kick things off just as we do every week with our segment, Who the Hell Are These Guys? This is where Jackson and I answer a question about our gaming preferences, our gaming history, so you can get to know us better. Jackson, are you ready? Yes. All right. The question this week is, how long should open world games be? There's been some news out there about how big Cyberpunk is. So, yeah, how long should open world games be? And is there a point where it's too long? This is an interesting question. And uh, this came to mind to me when I was playing Assassin's Creed Valhalla. And... I think it really comes down to how the game presents itself and how it's able to, uh, you know, avoid repetitive activities and keep things feeling fresh. Uh, So to kind of answer the question, I don't think there is like one rule on how long a game should be as long as it keeps it, you know, entertaining. Now, I will say when you're pushing pushing the 100 hour mark, uh, that gets a little tedious, at least in my mind. Um, I have to really be enjoying a game if it is going to you know, ask me to play for that long. Uh, so that's what I would say. Yeah, I'm of the mind that it really depends on the player and the game. I mean, for me personally, The Witcher 3 was too packed with content. And whether or not the main story was too long, uh, I just felt that that, was, that game was too much for me. And it's a game I never finished, despite it being one of the best games of the generation. So for me personally... That game overdid it a little bit, and I am a little concerned about Cyberpunk in that regard, but I know that there are people who would have played more content had they released even more DLC for that game. So I think it really depends. Uh, But for me, the sweet spot is probably in between, you know, 20 and 40 hours for a good open world game. I like that too, Josh. That's a great answer. And it kind of makes me like I'm 70 hours into Valhalla, and part of me is thinking like, I kind of wish it was a little bit shorter. Yeah, and, and, you know, on that note, though, like, I don't want to beat a dead horse because I've mentioned it, uh, I think, on, like, every episode, but Valhalla, or not Valhalla, but Odyssey, Assassin's Creed Odyssey, I played that game for 100 hours, loved every hour of it. So, you know, occasionally I'll just find a game that I can't get enough of. Right, and I'm in the same boat with you. As Like, Ghost of Tsushima is an example of a game that I can just keep playing, and it's endlessly enjoyable. Yeah, yeah. So we are now going to move on to Out This Week. This is where we rattle off all of the games that are coming out the following week after we post the show, so Monday through the following Friday. And this week, we actually have a pretty jam-packed week. Uh, On December 1st, we have two games coming out, Empire of Sin, which I believe is like a top-down strategy game that takes place in the 40s. It's like a mafia-style game. That's for PlayStation 4, Xbox One, Switch, PC, and Mac. 
And then we have Twin Mirror. Man, I, I just totally forgot about this game. This is the next game from Don't Nod. Looks very intriguing. It's like a murder mystery uh, that comes out for PlayStation 4, Xbox One, and PC on December 1st as well. And then on December 3rd, uh, a big release from Ubisoft, Immortals Phoenix Rising comes out. And uh, I'm particularly excited about Immortals, but uh, I do feel like the hype level for that game is a little low. Yes, and that's just because of where it's releasing uh, with Cyberpunk and all of the other Ubisoft games that have come out. Um, it's a little unfortunate that this is the third in the line because they they can feel a little samey. Um, not in the, a bad way, but I think everyone kind of knows what I mean. Yep, yeah, for sure. Uh, then we have two uh, really big releases for sports fans. FIFA 21 and Madden NFL 21 come out for PlayStation 5, Xbox, uh, Xbox Series X and S. I guess it's the next-gen versions that are coming out on December 4th. And then... For retro gamers out there, Fire Emblem, Shadow, Dragon, and the Blade of Light comes out on Nintendo Switch on December 4th as well. Um, so us other than Immortals, or I, I actually, are you planning on playing Immortals, I guess, or any other games on this list? Yes, Immortals would be the one game that um, I, I want to dive into. I, I do want to play it on next gen. I, I want to see what uh, that experience is like. Just really smooth frames, all that good stuff, HDR. But beyond that, I think I'll be skipping most of these games. Yeah, I will definitely be playing Immortals. And I'm also curious about Twin Mirror. Again, we'll see if there's time, but that game looks very intriguing to me. But with that, we are going to move on to our review roundup, where we look at the games that came out the previous week and how they're scoring on Open Critic. Uh we only have two games that got any really significant reviews this week, and that's uh, Football Manager 2021. I've never played one of these games, but they seem to be successful. They keep coming out with them. That has a critic average of 89% and a recommended score of 100%. So if you are uh, needing some sort of sports management fix, this seems to be <laughs> a pretty darn good game. And then Observer System Redux uh, for... I think this is a next-gen game for PS5 and maybe Xbox or uh, yeah, Xbox Series X. Anyways, it's getting a critic average of 82% and a recommended score of 86%. Um, are you familiar with Observer? I, I did not pay much attention to this game. You know, I'm the one who put it in the dock, and I failed at my job of knowing what <laughs> I put in the dock. Um, I, I don't know much about it. Uh, it is kind of funny. I want to comment on Football Manager, though, because... It seems like a Crusader King situation. It's a very niche crowd, but like people that love these games love them yeah. a lot. So it's good to see that this next one is good. Yeah. Sims in general, it always just... I mean, I get the sports sim thing, and that, that makes a lot of sense. But man, Sims, there's like a trucker sim. There's farming sim. There's <laughs> like... I, I'm trying to think of something totally random. There's probably like, you know, pet shop sim, all these things. It's It's kind of funny to to watch but uh with that we are going to take our first break and when we come back we're going to get into the weekend previews uh again we got a lot of cyberpunk stuff to go over so we'll be right back and we're back we are now going to get into the week in previews where we cover all of the headlines about all of the games coming out in the near and not too near future this week we are going to get right into all the cyberpunk news. Now, as you may know, last week we recorded on the day before the Night City Wire dropped for Cyberpunk 2077. So we're going to kick things off with the Night City Wire. And this was an interesting one. Uh, it seemed to get, to me, it seemed like it got more into the role-playing experience of cyberpunk than some of the others. Um, but some of the interesting details we got to see were um, what Johnny Silverhand is really going to look like when he pops up in gameplay. I thought that was very interesting. Uh, we got some uh, uh, information about the the music in the game, which to me has always felt like kind of like filler, but I, I'm sure there are plenty of people who are really into the soundtrack for this game. And then we got to look at some lip sync tech. There was a news story that came out a few weeks ago that every character in this game would have a fully... Uh, would be fully lip-synced, even no matter what language they're speaking. So we got to see technically how they're doing that, which is very cool. And then we got to see a gameplay trailer, which I thought uh, looked really good. Uh, just a lot of really quick cuts of a lot of different uh, gameplay in the game. Before we get into the previews that came out after this, Jackson, what was your impression of the Night City Wire? So I, I made a video uh, 
the same day that it came out, because um, I was really into this one, I thought it was a really good Night City Wire, probably the best, most well-rounded one. You still had that stuff that's really, I would consider, for super fans of cyberpunk, like the score and the soundtrack. But like the lip sync tech really stood out to me as something that could take you know open world games by storm in the future. Um, just because I just I don't think that you see um, that kind of tech utilized, or at least it's a little bit behind when you compare it to other open world games. I think maybe there are some few exceptions, like Red Dead still has an incredible lip sync um, even today, and that's a couple of years old. But um, the final gameplay trailer, man, that was the best, most well-rounded look, I think, at the game we've seen so far. Yeah, I agree. It was a great trailer. And uh, yeah, the lip sync tech, um, I think, is a great solution for uh, games that, you know, I, I remember when I played uh, Horizon Forbidden West, and that was one of the complaints I had is the how f- stiff the facial animations were. However, still not up to par with, you know, games like Naughty, uh, uh, The Last of Us or Uncharted from Naughty Dog, but um, it does look impressive. So after this, a lot of, or I, I don't know about a lot, but a few outlets posted um, previews for the game and, uh, There was a lot of information that came out. You know, for me, the most interesting tidbit of uh, information that I don't think was out before this was that, um, you know, GameSpot covered it and Game Informer covered it, that you'll actually, there'll be segments where you can play as Johnny Silverhand. Did you catch that? I didn't catch that. I think it was uh, revealed in the Night City Wire. So it was kind of coincide that they dropped that information too. Yeah, I didn't know that we'd be playing like through memories as Johnny Silverhand. So that's really compelling stuff. And it gives a little more form to the narrative that I think was still a little bit like amorphous. Like we didn't know exactly what was going on. Um, I think it's more clear now, which is great. Yeah, yeah. Um, Anything else on those previews that you wanted to mention before we move on to the rest of the cyberpunk? stuff uh yeah yes just a a short thing about i think it was the ign preview talked about how the beginning of this game is a slow burn it takes about four to six hours to get through the prologue and a lot of people see that as a negative um but i think in a game like this and cdpr did it with the witcher as well i think the witcher 3 was slow in the beginning there's just a lot of world building that happens at the front of their games and this doesn't concern me is basically what I'm trying to say. I, I don't see it as a negative that people are saying it's a bit of a slow burn. I want to just consume all this information. I want to be um, informed about the world, and that's the best like part, way to do it, in my opinion. So I like what I what I read from IGN. Yeah, I have a feeling that for me, the first few hours of this game might be, I don't want to say a struggle, but there I'm going to have to pay very close attention. But if they do a good job of building the world and then I get invested, it'll be definitely worth my while because then I'll I'll be, um, you know, glued to my screen. But it might take some, uh, you know, there's going to be a lot of reading in this game, a lot of dialogue. And that's the type of stuff that if I'm not already invested, I've really got to consciously just pay attention. So that's what I'm anticipating. Right. I, th- I think it'll it'll be like that. Yeah. Um. So some of the other news that we got this week, unfortunately, or yeah, I think unfortunately is a fair assessment. Cyberpunk did leak. There are copies of this game out in the wild. Um, they've shipped to, I don't know if they're to stores or to warehouses or whatever, but someone got a copy of the game and played it and streamed about 20 minutes of footage. So just be aware of that if you're looking for content around Cyberpunk online that um, this could be a little spoilery. However, most people who have seen it have said it basically just covers the nomad life path that we've already seen. And so there's nothing really new. and it's a pretty low stream, low quality stream. So, and it was played on a PS4, if that means anything to you. So, uh, just be aware that there might, there may be some spoilers out there. Um, also, uh, we got a tweet from one of the QA testers who's been playing Cyberpunk, uh, and this is not a leak. This was very deliberate, and he tweeted that he has been playing the game for 175 hours, and he has yet to 100% the game. So. This game is definitely going to be massive. Before I keep going, Jackson, anything you want to interject here? Yes. This circles back to what I said uh, in our, in our uh, who the hell are these guys? I, this, this kind of makes me worry, but I think I could run into a situation like I had with Red Dead or Ghost of Tsushima where I don't care how long this thing is. I'm just going to keep, like you said with Odyssey, if it is something that is consistently entertaining that has my attention... 
I'm okay with it being this long, but if it's the other way, I am a little worried that it's like, man, this game is that long. Like, I hope I come to some sort of feeling of resolution before 175 hours. Yeah, and I think you will. I think my yeah. my guess is that this game has more side content than it does main quest content. So, you know, I'm thinking maybe I, I don't have any knowledge of this. I'm just guessing, but I would think that the main story will take play will take anywhere from like 40 for people who just rip through it to maybe 80 hours for people who take a little more time. And then like The Witcher 3, if you want to just dive into all the side content that you could probably spend a hundred hours doing that stuff. That's, that's what I'm guessing now. I yeah, did. And I would love that. Yeah. I did put a video on my channel that I talked about, you know, uh, like 12 things that you may not know about cyberpunk. And one of the things I found was there's a quote by miles toast, who is one of the level designers, the lead level designers in this game. And he said that with the Witcher three, he knew every location, every mission, every piece of content in that game after it was released. But with Cyberpunk, he says he he does not. He, there's just too much content, uh, so they'll be able to he'll be able to experience some quest lines and some locations fresh, even though he's like the lead level designer. So to me, that makes it sound like there might actually be more content in Cyberpunk than The Witcher, which is insane. That is insane. Um, this does seem um, like a game uh, that is more about depth than breadth. I mean, you you could say that in some ways and not in others, but it does seem like. In, in terms of attention to detail, there's more in Cyberpunk, whereas Witcher, man, there's just so much to do, you know? Yeah, yep. So uh, it'll be um, a game for the people who get into Cyberpunk. It will be all-consuming for sure. And uh, we did get one more trailer this week, or I don't know if trailer is the right word, but we got some PlayStation 4 Pro and PlayStation 5 gameplay. And I only took a quick glance at this uh but uh, Jackson, did you take a close look at this? Did you get a chance to really compare the two? I did, yes. So uh, it, it's these are not specific details. I'm sure there are videos or creators out there that can give you them. But uh, I would just say that it looks fine on PlayStation 4 Pro. Like nothing concerning there. It looks pretty smooth. But then when they switched over to PS5, it just looked like it was handling more high fidelity scenes better. Like there was some uh, drive-by combat that was shown on the PS5, like running on the PS5, but it was the PS4 version of the game. Uh, yeah, there was a lot of driving. There was some cut scenes. So it wasn't things that were too intensive outside of that combat scene, which was on the PS5. Um, yeah. But across the board, it looked it looked great. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I'm glad that it looks good on the... We also got to see the Xbox One X last week. Uh, I think the big question for a lot of people is, for those who have just a base PS4 or, you know, an Xbox Series S, not Series, excuse me, an Xbox One S, what is this going to look like on those consoles? That'll probably be a question we'll have to wait until release to find out the answer to. Uh, yes, that that is something I, I think that could potentially be a concern and something that people are already complaining about with games like Valhalla. Yep, yeah. So we will see how that pans out. But that is all of the cyberpunk news we got this week. It was a lot... Uh, we are now going to move on to uh, IO Interactive's big announcement where they revealed their next project, and it is a 007 game. This is a little bit of old news. It came out at the, right after we recorded last week's episode, but still a big announcement. I mean, IO, is, uh, they've been doing uh, the Hitman games, which is a Bond-esque uh, franchise, so it seems like a, a natural fit for them. And we didn't see much in the trailer, but uh, I'm super excited about this. Me too. Just like you said, natural fit. I mean, if you could just come up with like five studios who could make a Bond game, IO is is one of those top studios. Like it just makes perfect sense. Um, so it, it seems like they've got a project that they can really handle well. And I'm ready for another uh, James Bond game that is actually like worth playing. Like it's been forever since we've had like, I remember playing 007, uh, Agent Under Fire or, you know, the classic GoldenEye, like those games, I would love to see that era, you know, in a different form come back where I actually care about a Bond game. Yeah, honestly, GoldenEye is the last one I cared about and I loved that game. I played it to death. Um, <laughs> and so if this brings back that feeling of James Bond, I would be super excited. Um, and IO is an incredibly talented developer. If you have not played the Hitman games I sh and you like open world sandboxes, I can't recommend them enough. And speaking of, the next piece of news we have is uh, around Hitman 3. They released a 
uh, reveal trailer showing one of their new locations, and it shows actual gameplay, which if I'm not mistaken, this might be the first time we've seen actual gameplay for Hitman 3, and it does look very good. They showed a bunch of uh, effect, like graphic effects, improved lighting and reflections. Uh, there were uh, new animations. They showed how rain looks on, on Hitman, which sounds kind of trivial, but it actually did look really good. And then they mentioned that the new consoles and PC, so PS5, Xbox Series X, and S, uh, will get uh, 4K 60 frames per second HDR support. So that's good. Um, how, how did this look to you, Jackson? It looked really good. And yeah, hearing the 4K 60 FPS HDR support is, uh, that's that's like the number one thing on my list almost. It feels like ever since these next-gen consoles have come out, that is what I'm looking for. So uh, I'm really excited to dive back into Hitman. Um, and, and I think this is a perfect opportunity. I love a January game like this. Mm-hmm. I don't know about you, Josh, but I love like when it's not super crowded and you get a game like this that you can spend so much time on. Yeah, I'm pumped. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's a great time to release Hitman. Um, I'm really looking. This is actually one of my most anticipated games of next year. We don't really have a lot of concrete release dates, um, and I'm not sure when Hitman Three is coming out. We do have a actual release date, and I believe it's, it's in January. January. Yeah, yeah. It's the end of. I think it's January twentieth. Yep. So uh, if you are uh, into Hitman or curious about Hitman, I think that this is uh, definitely looking to be one of the. Uh, best standout games of the early part of the year next year. So that's exciting. Um, Going to a game that's already out, but is getting some new content, we also got some GTA news this week, Uh, some big GTA news. So there's a new heist coming to the game, and it is an entirely new location. It is a private island called, uh, gosh, I actually didn't listen to see how you pronounce this, either Cayo Pariso or Cayo Perico, I'm not sure. And... um, I don't know too many details. Jackson, I have not played GTA since it came out back in 2013. So I may kick this over to you if you know any further details. Sure. I I think if you're a GTA Online player, then you're going to know more than me, obviously, because I don't actively play anymore. But I did play it for a time. And I remember that a big, huge thing people have been asking for since GTA Online and Heist actually came out was we want to be able to do it solo. We don't want to have to deal with matchmaking. That experience is very kind of um, lethargic is the word that comes to mind. I don't think that's the right word, though. It's very slow and laborious. Like This is a great solution, I think, for a lot of gamers who want to be able to experience that online content without having to deal with matchmaking. So uh, this is a heist like the other ones, but it's unique in that it's in a brand new location. And they're also designing a lot of live event stuff like they have been doing for GTA, but in a Fortnite kind of way. So like live concert events and stuff um, are, are going to happen within you know GTA Online in this new location. So I think this is really exciting new content for a very large player base. Like it's insane how many people still play this thing. And most people own GTA by this point. So most people have access to this. I think people who don't even play video games might own GTA at this point. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So anyways, we have some quick hits to get into. Uh, We'll rattle these off real quick. Uh, The Capcom leak that we talked about last week, there were some more tidbits that came out as a result of that. Uh, Apparently, Dragon's Dogma 2 is in the works over at Capcom. Street Fighter 6 is apparently set for, I believe, a 2021 release date at some point. And there may be a new Onimusha game coming out. Uh, This is all alleged. This is, you know, coming out as a result of uh, leaks that haven't been confirmed by Capcom, so take it with a grain of salt, but it does look pretty um, pretty likely that these are games that are in the works. There was also, uh, just recently, I think either this morning or yesterday, a new The World Ends With You game was announced. Announced, It's called Neo, The World Ends With You, so look forward to that. That's coming out in the summer of uh, this year, next year, excuse me, for Nintendo Switch and PS4. And then Crossfire X, unfortunately, got delayed until 2021. Uh, now, Jackson, is this a, a, a Xbox exclusive? I want to say that Crossfire X was. I, I want to say that as well. I know it was heavily featured in a Microsoft um, show, like yeah. one of their next-gen shows. So um, I want to say, yeah, I know it's a big game, like not in the U.S. Uh, internationally. It's, it's a really big game, and it's kind of a big deal that it was brought over here. But I, yeah, I believe it is an Xbox Game Studios game. So I would assume that, yes, it is a... Exclusive. Yeah, the the one thing that's interesting about this game, which is 
I guess they're not an Xbox game studio. Is I believe Remedy is doing the single player version of this game, if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's a little odd. Yeah. So uh, an interesting game, but uh, as we said, it was delayed until 2021 due to COVID. Uh, so if you were looking forward to this game, unfortunately, you've got a little while longer to wait. And then lastly, uh, just one for me. Tomb Raider Reloaded was announced for mobile, and if you don't know, now you know. I am a huge Tomb Raider fan, so just the mere fact that this franchise is still alive after the the reboot kind of came to a conclusion, uh, I will settle for a mobile Tomb Raider game if that's all we get, but um, I'm sure many people out there are not really looking forward to this game, but I will be. There you go. It's for you, Josh. They made it for you. (laughs) Exactly. Tomb Raider Reloaded for mobile. Keep it on your radar. With that, we are going to move on to bigger and better things. The Game Awards, uh, as you know, were announced, or they announced their nominations last week, which we did mention on the show. We are now going to do our, I I don't know if we want to call this an annual thing, but we are going to do our Game Awards prediction discussion. Uh, This is our deep dive discussion for the week. So, Jackson, are you ready to get into your predictions for the Game Awards? Yeah, I'm so ready. There's so many categories, so we kind of condensed it into the ones that I think we probably care about most. Um, there's like 30 categories, but I'm excited to get into this. We we also mentioned before the show, or we had it kind of in the show doc, rather, that um, we would talk about maybe what would also get revealed. So uh, for people listening, we haven't really discussed how we're going to do this, but did you want to do that first, Jackson, where we talk about maybe potential reveals? Or did you yes. want to do the... Ca- okay, let's do that then. Um All right, so maybe we can go back and forth. I have kind of a list here of things that I think are likely to get revealed and things that, uh, you know, are kind of like on my wish list. Um, But I think I'll just just start. Uh, We'll go with two things that I think are likely to be either not revealed because they've been revealed, but likely to be shown. And I think we're going to see Elden Ring gameplay. Ooh. And then another game that I think is, and I don't know if we're going to get a release date for Elden Ring. We haven't received much information, but it's been out in the ether for a very long time. And I think that the Game Awards, they that that's where they released the Sekiro trailer. So I just think that From Software has a, a history of showing stuff at the Game Awards. And then speaking of history at the Game Awards, I think Bayonetta 3 is a game we might see. Because that was actually revealed at the Game Awards all the way back in 2017. Wow. That's crazy to think about. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy to know how many big reveals were at the Game Awards. I think people kind of uh, forget that, uh, especially like last year. Last year, they revealed the Xbox Series X. And when I when I read that, when I was doing some research for the show, it, it kind of blew my mind. Yeah, I didn't, you know, and also Godfall, which Godfall, you know, hasn't done great. But still, the fact that it was revealed and it's a PS5 exclusive, like that's a big deal, too. Yeah. And Hellblade too. That was a that was revealed yeah. uh, at, the, at yeah. the Game Awards, which is a huge right. So announcement. I, yeah, there's there's so much potential, and I, I'm sure we're going to see uh, a healthy handful of games revealed for the first time at the Game Awards. But also, we're going to see like t- at least I would say two or three big games re- revealed for the first time. Um, I think we have to factor in COVID as well. That might affect. Um, whether things are revealed or shown as much as they um, might have been otherwise. Yeah. Uh, but but something I want to learn more about, I don't know if it's going to be revealed because Sony's a little cagey, I feel like, across the board about when they reveal things, is uh, Ratchet & Clank. Um, I, I think I was a little surprised that that game has not had a release date yet, and the only thing we've heard is from like a subtext on a trailer that it's coming in early 2021. So I'd like to hear more about that. Yeah, actually, that was one thing on my list. I didn't put a whole lot of Sony stuff in here because they have their state of play platform that they use. And yeah. I, but I do think that if we hear something from Sony at the Game Awards, I agree. I think it'll be a Ratchet and Clank release date, or the other one that seems like it's not a, it's it's not a big enough. It is a big game. It's actually one of their best selling games, but it's not one that is really. Uh, it just seems like a good fit for the Game Awards to me. I think Gran Turismo Seven. We might get a release date for that. Potentially, I think so too. I, I think that that's a good possibility um, that we see that. Yeah. Um, just one other. Well, I actually have some a few other things here, but one of the big things I think we'll see is something big from Xbox because they have their own platform as well. 
but I think they need the extra juice that the Game Awards can potentially give them. And as you alluded to earlier or mentioned earlier, they have they they've they've got a history with the Game Awards of making big announcements. So um, I kind of went down the list of what I think Xbox might reveal at the Game Awards. I think that my my wish list is that they either show what the initiative is working on or they show avowed gameplay, which is the uh-huh. RPG coming from um, uh, uh, drawing a blank on the studio. Obsidian. Um, Obsidian, yes. That's that's a great bet. And uh, I don't want to put this out into the ether and, and drum up expectations. What if we see something Bethesda-related? That would be you awesome. Know? Yeah. That would be awesome. I would just love to hear a little bit more about what the plan is. Um, I don't think it'll be Starfield, but I'd be happy to be wrong. Yeah, actually, you know, they didn't... Uh, Bethesda did not do anything this summer like a lot of people did or a lot of studios did. They totally, I think, were pretty much non-existent in terms of the summer of gaming or whatever it was called. So maybe they've saved up something for the Game Awards. That would be great. Yeah, they they did a small QuakeCon thing, but it was just like QuakeCon Online, and it was more about supporting their existing games. So uh, we are kind of at a point where Bethesda... It'd be great to learn more outside of just like ESO. Yeah, and... The last thing I'll bring up on the Microsoft side of things or the Xbox side is, so those were like my wish lists. I'd like, love to see all that that we just talked about. But I think more realistically, we may get Hellblade 2 actual gameplay and maybe even a release window. And then I think that the the thing that I don't think anybody's going to get too excited about, but seems like, again, a good fit for the Game Awards is a Psychonauts 2 release date, which I don't think we actually have one yet. Right. I think Double Fine recently said they, they delayed it. I think it's the last thing we heard about it. Oh, so so. Um, I, I would love and that was that was like at least a month ago, I want to say so uh, or maybe longer. Yeah. Well, any other uh, predictions on the announcement side of things from you, Jackson? Uh, no, I don't, I don't think so. I think that really buttons it up. Um, just, I just want to say that it's been awesome to see, well, we're going to talk more about game awards, but it's been awesome to see this, this, uh, show grow. I think it's really awesome to see video games on a, on a bigger stage like this. Yeah, it's great. I actually went to the game awards in 20, 2018, I want to say. Um, and it was a great experience. It's a, like, they really, uh, put on a good show. If you ever, if they, you know, I don't know, next year or the year after, if, if anyone gets a chance to go, I would highly recommend it. It's a lot of fun. <laughs> that is so cool, Josh. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's a good time. Uh, I got to see Hideo Kojima on stage, which was cool. <laughs> oh. Yeah, it was the year they, they showed the Death Stranding trailer, and I was there for that. So, Anyways. Oh, man, that's so cool. Yeah, uh, a lot of fun. So we are now going to get into our predictions uh, for who we think will win. And, and uh, Jackson, I actually, in my list here, Again, we didn't really coordinate this beforehand, but I have like what I think will win and what I want to win. Uh, I don't know how you did it on your list. Great minds, Josh. Great minds. I did the same thing. Awesome. And I did <laughs> leave the in the show doc, I left game of the year for last, even though the website lists that as the first award. Are you cool with saving the, the biggest one for the last? Yes, I think that makes perfect sense. Let's awesome. do it. So let's kick things off with game direction. So what was nominated here is Final Fantasy VII Remake, Ghost of Tsushima, Hades, Half-Life Alex, and The Last of Us Part Two. What do you think is going to win, and what do you want to win? So I think that The Last of Us Part Two will win. Um, I, th- I think it's a pretty uh, transcendent game, um, and yeah, obviously that's just that's just a word, but. Uh, I could talk more about that, but I, I think it is just a very, 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 very incredible uh, entertainment product that they made there. And so I think it does deserve that. Um, but I would give it to Ghost of Tsushima. Um, I think Ghost of Tsushima did enough different in a genre that we don't see uh, developers doing enough different. And Sucker Punch nailed it. It's still fun to play. It's amazing on my PS5. Uh, so I would give it to Ghost of Tsushima. I think it deserves it. Nice. Yeah, I have uh, The Last of Us Part Two is both my will win and the one that I would like to win in this category. Uh, okay. Yeah, game direction. And I, I had to really think hard about whether or not Ghost of Tsushima would would be my want to win. But uh, when I think of game direction, I think of the the decisions that were made to make the game, you know, very deliberate decisions to make the game what the director had in mind as their vision. And of course, I don't know any of the directors for the other games, but I know Neil Druckmann was the director on The Last of Us. And just the decisions that he made and the team made 
they made they made this game what they wanted it to be, and they did not care what anybody else thought of this game. Which to me, that's that's a pretty courageous thing to do when you're dealing with characters that people love this much. And we all saw the the fallout of that. So I got to give right. them credit for just going with what they wanted to do on this game. Love that answer, Josh. You articulated that really well. Um, I, I would, yeah, that's a great answer. That said, Ghost of Tsushima, man. Uh, <laughs> beautiful game. And uh, I, I we get into a little bit of that more later. But um, yeah, so next uh, is the narrative category. Best narrative. The nominations are 13 Sentinels, Aegis Rim, Final Fantasy VII Remake, Ghost of Tsushima, Hades, and The Last of Us Part Two. So I'll kick it back over to you, Jackson. All right. So uh, what I want to win and what uh, I think will win are the same here, and it's The Last of Us Part Two. Um, I think it's genuinely difficult, uh, and I, I say this with a little bit of hesitation because I haven't played 13 Sentinels and I haven't finished Hades, um, I have played Ghost of Tsushima, and I, I really do um, like that game, but I just haven't played Final Fantasy. So it's kind of hard for me to say these other games don't deserve it. But with The Last of Us Part Two, just so risky, um, I think, is is a big thing for me, why I think it deserves it, but also not just a risk to take the risk. Like I, I think it really did pay off, and I think that it challenged me from a, from a narrative perspective in what it forced me to do and what it forced me to go through emotionally with the characters. So um, I think if you're going to give narrative to any game, it has to be Last of Us Part Two. I completely agree. That is my will win and my pick for what I would like to win. For many of the reasons you just said, I think I've mentioned on the show that this game made me kind of reflect on my life and some of the life choices I've made I won't get into why necessarily because I don't want to spoil things, but just what the characters go through in this game. Um, I really related to a lot of it, and it it definitely did not go the way I wanted. I I would have I wanted a totally different story, but I respected the fact that this game really made a, it left a lasting impact on me. I I remember I went for a walk after I finished it, and I was just like, <laughs> wow, you know that really made me. Uh, Made me think. I can't say the same for any of these other games. That said, Final Fantasy VII had some really fantastic story moments, brought me to tears, and so did Ghost of Tsushima. Uh, some really amazing story moments in that game. I, I, I'm right there with you. Uh, if if there's a close second, it's definitely Ghost. Speaking of Ghost of Tsushima, the next uh, category is Best <laughs> Art Direction. The nominations here are Final Fantasy VII Remake, Ghost of Tsushima, Hades, Ori and the Will of the Wisps, and The Last of Us Part Two. What do you got, Jackson? This is actually tough. Um, uh, for me, I have what I think will win, and this might be surprising. I think they'll give it to Hades because I think it's a very unique aesthetic. And I think that uh, is it Supergiant? Is that the developer? Yeah, yeah. I think they, I think they just have, do a wonderful job with what they're going for. So I think that it will deserve it, and I think it it may win. Um, I want Ghost of Tsushima to win because I I, I do think that. Technically, um, there's there's not a more beautiful stylized world out there, even still. Um, I I also want to uh, talk about a potential snub that I mentioned before. I don't see how Assassin's Creed Valhalla is not on here. It is blowing my mind, and uh, I think it's prettier than than Odyssey, which people may disagree, but every single area is distinct and unique and at scale at scale how big that world is mm -hmm. i think it should be here but um yeah i would give it to ghost yeah uh that was my pick as well this uh both what i think will win and uh what i want to win i just remembered the discussion around this game when it came out the photo mode the um i don't remember <laughs> what they called it but the um the mode where you can play you can uh, uh, kurosawa yeah yeah, that yeah. Uh, and just the way that this uh, open world looks when you're roaming around, all the, f the 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 leaves blowing in the wind or flower petals, whatever they are, just a I, I don't know if I've ever seen an open world this gorgeous. And so, um, and the way the the title cards come in when you have a samurai showdown, just like uh, not that's not what they're called, but uh, just really striking. And I, I I'd be surprised if it doesn't go to uh, Ghost of Tsushima. However. You make a point, a good point about Hades and Ori and the Will of the Wisps. I think graphically, it's the most beautiful 2D game I've ever played. So that would not surprise me if that picks it up as well. I wouldn't be surprised either. And also The Last of Us Part Two, just like from a realism perspective, that game looks just unlike any other game ever. Yeah, yeah, it, it, yeah. It's I mean, as far as 
sheer detail, that might be the most beautiful game I've ever played. Right. So next up is Performance. And here we have Ashley Johnson as Ellie from The Last of Us, Laura Bailey as Abby from The Last of Us, uh, Daisuke Suji, hope I'm pronouncing that right, as Jin Sakai from Ghost of Tsushima, Logan Cunningham as Hades from Hades, and Naji Jeter as Miles Morales in Miles Morales. Uh, any favorites here, Jackson? So my uh, what I think is going to win um, is Abby uh, from The Last of Us Part Two, um, and that may frustrate a lot of people. And I, there's a part of me, Josh, that wants Abby to win because there's a lot of negativity around her character, yep. um, which is some of it founded, some of it is just like we don't even need to get down that rabbit hole. But uh, I would love to see Abby win. Um, but I actually am going to give this to Najee Jeter. Uh, Miles Morales is the wholesome character that I needed at the end of this year. Yep. Um, and, and also to see, like we already talked about it, to see a character like Miles Morales put in the spotlight is and, and portrayed accurately and respectfully is so important. Like it transcends transcends just these awards in the genre. I mean, uh, video games, the medium. So uh, yeah, that's what I would say. Yeah, I uh, loved uh, his performance in Miles Morales and. At first, when I saw the trailers where he spoke for the first time, I it was I did not have a good impression of it. It was like high pitched to me. He he sounded super young to me, which he is. But um, then when I heard just the the character that he brings to to the game, I totally fell in love with his uh, his performance. So uh, much credit to him. However, I do think that uh, Laura Bailey will win for the reasons you mentioned. I think that the industry. I think she deserves it, for one. I don't think she's going to get, like, a sympathy vote. But I do think the industry will acknowledge, like, yo, this woman did an amazing job, and she did not deserve the backlash that she got um, for the character that she portrayed. So uh, that's who I think will win. My personal pick, though, is Ashley Johnson. I freaking love Ellie. Um, you know, the story of The Last of Us Part Two aside— she is my favorite video game character, I think, of all time. And uh, Ashley Johnson, her performances in those games, just, I, I I love it. So I would like for her to win, even though she's already gotten a lot of accolades for that. So maybe she, I don't want to say she doesn't deserve it as much as Laura Bailey, but she's my pick. Yeah, she, the way she was able to transform Ellie, I mean, so much needs to be said about that. Yeah, she absolutely deserves it just as much, in my opinion. Yeah, I'm really surprised how many awards I'm picking for The Last of Us Part 2 as we go through this. <laughs> like, it's, well, I don't, I won't get into the game of the year discussion, but as far as the individual awards, you know, that game just, man, it impressed me on a lot of levels. Uh, impressive, I think, is one of the best ways to describe that game, regardless of how you feel about, you know, the story and whatnot. Yep. Yeah. Uh, so next is best ongoing game. And here we have Apex Legends, Destiny 2, Call of Duty Warzone, Fortnite, and No Man's Sky. And me not being the multiplayer uh, gamer uh, that you may be, I actually did not make a pick here because I okay. really haven't played much of these games at all. I will give a shout out to No Man's Sky for staying relevant. But other than that, I don't right. really have a lot of thoughts here. Gotcha. Okay. I'll fill in a little bit. Um so I have played all of these games in some form, Fortnite probably the least, uh, and I haven't gotten back on the No Man's Sky train, and I actually made what I feel is an underdog pick from this bunch. I think that No Man's Sky may itch out a win here. Um, I, I think it might, just because of the way that it's been able to bounce back. It's got roots at the Game Awards. I know that shouldn't affect the voting, but um, I, I think it would be really cool to see No Man's Sky bounce back and win this award. Um, but I, what I think will win is Warzone. I think mm -hmm. Warzone has kind of established itself as the BR uh, in a space where there were very established games like PUBG. It was at first, and then it was Fortnite. And then Fortnite, while it is still just unreasonably massive, um, I feel like Call of Duty came and kind of occupied their little slice of the pie, but their slice has grown. And... Um, I think Warzone is, has been kind of the ongoing game of the year from my perspective. Yeah. And, the uh, you know, the other I said I didn't have a lot to say about this category, and here I go. But <laughs> the other thing that I found maybe a, a snub here is um, Among Us. Um, yeah. Like, yeah. So that's a game. It's an ongoing game that literally was resurrected from 2018, I think, was when it was originally released. So it's like, give them some credit there. You know, they're like one of the biggest games of the year 
Yeah. But they didn't even release this year. So it seems like that right. might have been a good nom here. But And then I know Fall Guys has faded, but Fall Guys kind of belongs here too. Yeah, I think that game does a lot of interesting stuff as well. Yeah. Uh, moving on, we have uh, Best Indie Game. And normally this would be my expertise, but I haven't you know, been playing a lot of non-indie games, so I haven't played all these. However, Carry On got nominated. Fall Guys got nominated. Hades. Spelunky 2 and Spirit Fairer. And, you know, I think that the only standout here that I, 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 I'm very sure won't win is Carry On. Um, but I think the rest of these stand a chance. I do think that Hades is likely to win. And this is the, the one game on this list that I've actually spent a significant amount of time playing. So I, I'd probably have to give it to Hades. But I know that Spelunky 2 and Spirit Fairer uh, impressed just about everyone who played them. And then Fall Guys was uh, just a phenomenon for about a month and a half, two months there. Yes, it absolutely was. Um, I think uh, Hades will win. I think a lot of people expect that to be the favorite, probably out of any of these categories, honestly. That seems like a pretty... I I may be wrong, but um, people just, man, fell in love with Hades. But uh, for my underdog complex, I'd like to see Fall Guys win. I know Fall Guys was huge, but... I think generally when you compare these games, Hades, I think I think it'll it'll win. Yeah, yeah, and I think a very remote chance that Spirit Fair squeaks one out here. If Hades ends up, you know, it's like if Hades wins, for example, Game of the Year, maybe you know Spirit Fair might get uh, like sometimes they get like a sympathy vote. You know, we got to give this game an award because right. I know when Spirit Fair came out, uh, man, it, it a lot of people really love that game, but. I got to go with you on this one. I think Hades will most definitely win it. Next is the best action game. And on this category, we have Doom Eternal, Hades, Half-Life Alex, Neo 2, and Streets Streets of Rage 4. Uh, what do you got, Jackson? So I do want to preface this with the fact that in the nomination sections, it does say actions with games specifically like targeting combat. So I thought that was a very important distinction. Good point. And I'm not into um, roguelikes. Otherwise, just generally. Otherwise, I probably would give it to Hades. So for me and my preferences, I gave it to Doom Eternal. Um, I think that Doom Eternal uh, deserves it. Um, I, I think the new id Doom games are just, wow, on another level in terms of fast-paced action, just heart pumping you know it, it it never calms down and then the music i think it's not a category we're talking about but it definitely deserves the, the music nomination as well but i think that hades will win this um I, I think it's just too there's been too much hype around hades for it not to win um uh, the action category for me yeah well i have to agree with you on doom eternal that is my personal pick uh of all these games that's the one that i spent by far the most time playing and i do think that Doom uh, 2016 and Doom Eternal really refine the first-person shooter combat experience uh, better for me personally than than any other first-person shooter I've played. I'm sure people will uh, disagree with me and come up with other games that might do it better, but that's that's my pick. And uh, I think that what might win here actually could be Half-Life Alex. Now, I, I made that pick before I knew what you just mentioned. I didn't realize that this category was based around combat, and I haven't done the research, nor have I played Half-Life Alex to know whether or not the combat in that game is really what makes it stand out. However, I do think that that game deserves some recognition this year, and this is just the only category I really see it picking up an award. So I do wonder if some uh, people who played Half-Life Alex vote for it here just because they realize it might not win anywhere else. Yeah, it's it's up against some tough competition and being a VR game. I mean, I, I assume it'll pick up the VR yeah, category yeah, win. Yeah, I guess I was referring to the categories we picked here, uh, but you're right. This is going to win best VR game. Uh, I'd be shocked if it didn't. Yeah, me too. Next, we have uh, best action adventure, and this is uh, one that got six nominations as opposed to five like in most of the other categories. We have Assassin's Creed Valhalla. Ghosts of Tsushima, Ghost, I keep saying ghosts, I don't know why, <laughs> Ghost of Tsushima, Spider-Man Miles Morales, Ori and the Will of the Wisps, Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order, and The Last of Us Part Two. Um, I have a feeling I know what you're going to pick here, Jackson, but I, I'm very curious. What do you got? Oh, 
you may be shocked and listeners may be shocked. I didn't pick either uh, for what I think and what I want. I did not pick Valhalla. Um, I, I There's too many good games here, Yeah, I, I think. Um, this one, like, I get why The Last of Us Part Two is here. It's kind of hard to peg it anywhere, but I it, that just didn't seem to match for me. Uh, my personal pick is Ghost of Tsushima. Um, I, I think for the reasons that I mentioned before, but particularly, on, I know this is more action-adventure, but yeah, just the way that that game draws your eyes to naturally explore with the guiding wind mechanic, I think that is just deserves everything in the world for exploration. Um, but... I'm picking the underdog, which doesn't make sense for what I think is going to win. I think they're going to give it to Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. Awesome. I, I think, yeah, I think that game deserves accolades. I think it should be nominated in more categories than just this one because it, you know, it missed the cut. Um, this is going to be what we're going to deal with next year with Cyberpunk, by the way. Um, yeah, I think it'll win. And if this there's a category that to give it to, it's this one. Man, you're you're. You're swaying me. I, I'm tempted to <laughs> to pick Jedi uh, Fallen Order as well. I loved that game. It was my game of the year last year. Uh, yeah. And I, yeah, I'm tempted, but I do think <laughs> that uh, it. I think it will go to The Last of Us Part Two. Um, and for me personally, I really reflected on my experience playing these games because I've played all of these, and I had to go with The Last of Us for my pick as well because I just thought of like what did I what was I thinking what was I feeling what was I enjoying as I played through each of these games and I I remember uh finishing work every day when The Last of Us was out and being so excited to go and see what happens next in this game what happens next and uh it just kept me hooked all the way through to the end and yeah it's got to be my pick It's a fantastic game and I also want to give kudos to Miles Morales man it's it's a real I haven't finished it, but it's a really good game too. This is a very packed category this year. Yeah, and I've mentioned it before, Ori and the Will of the Wisps. If you if you dig yeah. challenging 2D platformers, it doesn't get any better than that. So uh some yeah. really amazing games in that in that list. Uh next we have best RPG. This uh is we or the nominations rather are Final Fantasy VII Remake, Genshin Impact, Persona 5 Royal, Wasteland 3, and Yakuza Like a Dragon. Uh, did you have a pick here, Jackson? I did, and it's funny that you asked that. This is a weird year for the RPG. Um, I've mentioned this before on the show. I'm just more of a Western RPG guy. Yeah. I, I don't really like Eastern RPGs, um, generally speaking. So for me, um, I actually did put about 15 hours into Wasteland 3, and I think it's a very, very, very good RPG. And, and I'm talking about the classic definition of an RPG, not what we're kind of wading into with these uh, genre-bending games like Valhalla, for example. I think Valhalla could have been nominated in this category. I yep. was a little shocked that it wasn't, but um, that would definitely get a look from me. But I think that Genshin Impact is going to win. Um, it's a huge game globally. Yeah, It's taken it, uh, us by storm. I think it's not been covered by the Western media as much as it actually should be based on its popularity. Um, I think that has a really good chance of winning. Yeah, I'm actually, I would love to play Genshin Impact. It's one of the games, one of the many that I just haven't had time for, but it seems like it's right up my alley. And and yeah, maybe it'll get, uh, maybe it'll pick up this award because it did, it did review well and yeah, it was incredibly successful. I have a Final Fantasy VII Remake as my personal pick. I loved that game. Do feel the gameplay could have been stronger, but the just the narrative beats and moments in that game were really well done the character development was fantastic uh it's a beautiful game so that's my personal pick however i think what will win is persona 5 royal uh i haven't heard many people who have played this game especially those who've played it from start to finish who haven't said it's you know either their favorite rpg of all time or one of their favorite rpgs of all time um i think if it's at a disadvantage maybe it's because it's a it's not a remaster but it's like a an add-on i don't know what you would call it but it's one of those yeah it's like a it, it, deluxe edition, I guess. Right. It's an interesting situation, but it doesn't detract from the fact that, yeah, Persona 5 was very universally lauded. So next we have best multiplayer game. Uh, we have Animal Crossing New Horizon, Among Us, Call of Duty Warzone, Fall Guys, and Valorant. I uh, got a nod. Uh, I, again, didn't make a pick here. We'll see if I have any thoughts as you discuss these, Jackson, but what are your, what are your picks? 
So for me, uh, I, I, I believe that Among Us will win. Um, I think it should win, honestly. It's not my personal pick, but Among Us has just taken the world by storm. I love that it reaches absolutely every audience as well, so it yeah. appeals to everyone, um, which is awesome. I think that that deserves to be talked about more. Uh, but my personal pick, <laughs> it's going to be Fall Guys. It's such a quirky, weird game that I had so much fun playing for a short period of time. However, when I was playing it and enjoying it, I loved it. Um, and I think it's a very, it's one of those simple concepts that they took and actually like ran with it and built out a compelling game. Um, and I always appreciate when a developer can do that. So uh, Fall Guys is going to be my pick in this category. Yeah, you know, I will say that for its sheer accessibility uh, to people who don't maybe typically play multiplayer games like myself, Fall Guys, I guess I'd have to give it to it for that reason. So with that, we are going to get into the the big one, Game of the Year. <laughs> so this one has six nominations, just like the action-adventure category, and the games nominated are Doom Eternal, Final Fantasy VII Remake, Ghost of Tsushima, Hades, Animal Crossing New Horizons, and The Last of Us Part Two. So Jackson, you get to go first. I'm having second guesses, to be honest with you. <laughs> um, it is between two for me. It's between Ghost of Tsushima and The Last of Us Part Two. Um, man. So what? I'll just sit, go with what I went with. I said that I want Ghost of Tsushima to win. Um, I, I, For every reason I've already said, combat, exploration, um, the narrative, which was somehow undersold in reviews, uh, was fantastic. Um and it's a game that I can consistently play in an open world environment where I typically get tired and bogged down. Uh, so I think as a in terms of like in the genre, it's a refinement of what we've seen for years. And I think it pulls it off really well. And it's gorgeous. However, I think that Last of Us Part Two is, like I said before, just a trans a, a generational uh, game. I, I think it achieves so much. It takes so many risks and if you're there for the ride, if you sign on for it, it is unforgettable. Um, so I think that The Last of Us Part Two will win. Um, no matter what wins out of those two, at least in my mind, they both really, really deserve it. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I think that those two games are very deserving. Uh, the one additional game uh, uh, that I you know, uh, have mentioned in my Game of the Year discussions prior to this is Final Fantasy VII Remake. But when I really sit down and think about it. I don't think that that game um, compares to Ghost of Tsushima or The Last of Us Part II. Um, so those would probably have to be my front runners as well. I will go with The Last of Us Part II. I think that will win, and it is my pick among these games. Now, I will say that The Last of Us Part II is not my personal game of the year at the moment, but mine is not on this list. So that's that's Ooh. kind of interesting. Yeah, maybe a teaser for a future episode when we maybe discuss <laughs> that. But if if these are if these are the games I have to choose between, I'd have to go with The Last of Us Part Two, um, for many of the reasons we've already mentioned. I don't need to uh, belabor it, but um, a really amazing achievement. Naughty Dog did what Naughty Dog does. Uh, the, you know, as far as how the game looks, uh, the performances, the uh, the story. Um, I think if it has a weak point for me, it's some of the the combat and stealth. But I could definitely overlook that. An amazing game. Yeah, tr truly. Um, I kind of wouldn't be shocked if Hades won this either. I, I think it's just gotten such a critical, massive uh, acclaim from just like reviewers and I think players alike. Yeah, and and speaking of a amazing achievement, you know, I think that what uh, Supergiant did with this game is uh, pretty amazing. The way they rolled it out in early access and kept improving it, and then when they finally released a full version, uh, it really. Uh, impressed just about everybody so I, I wouldn't be either and it reminds me of last year at the dice awards when uh, untitled goose game won. you know so an indie game right. can take an award like this for sure oh e easily I, th I think it really can and people people sleep on the possibility of that yep yeah so that is our game awards discussion for the year 2020 uh, it'll be very interesting to watch these this year I believe they air on December is it the 10th that they Yes, the day of cyberpunk, which is going to be weird. Yeah, <laughs> that is going to be kind of weird. <laughs> uh, so look forward to that. And with that, we are going to take our second break. When we get back, we'll be talking about what we've been playing.
And we're back. We are now going to talk about what we've been playing. Jackson, has anything been uh, keeping you busy this week? I can't imagine the answer is no. <laughs> yes, it's absolutely yes. Uh, two games, Valhalla and Black Ops Cold War. Uh, first off on Valhalla, I feel like I haven't really sunk my teeth in and just really let myself go and play way too much. And I just did the other day. I played eight hours in a single day. And man, the story is just sucking me in. Um, it, it's very, very well done. Um, I think it's the best story they've told in a very long time. And uh, I can't wait to see what's next. And that's the best thing that you want out of a story. So uh, Valhalla has been great. I'm 70, 70 hours in. And then I played more Black Ops Cold War. I played some zombies, but also some multiplayer. And I've really enjoyed that game. Um, I kind of mentioned that maybe like the review scores said that they, it, it's not as good as the previous ones. I kind of take that back. I, I think it is just as good. And I like hmm. the Treyarch uh, kind of 80s style and flavor. I like that it's not just the modern game every single year. So, um, yeah, I'm enjoying all the games that I've been playing. Nice. Excellent. Yeah, I have been... Uh I've been playing more Demon Souls. That is my uh, favorite game of the next gen launch by far. Uh, I kind of took this strategy of I wanted to play a little bit of everything and see what stuck, and Demon Souls is definitely what what stuck for me. Uh, just the, the the beauty of the world and the um, the way the game just keeps you at the edge of what you're capable of, and then you're able to finally, you know, get a victory after trying again and again, just the typical soul stuff, but uh, really loving this game. I also think that the, the for me, I don't know if this is true because I'm not a real Dark Souls uh, expert, but it feels much more, uh, the, the way it controls, like the character is more limber, I'll put it. You know, you can, you can roll and dodge a little easier in this game, it seems to me, and that makes it more accessible than the Dark Souls games. Also, I think I mentioned this last week, I love how it's structured and you have five different levels that you have to explore and you can tackle them in any order you want. So if one part of the game is just giving you too hard of a time, you can move on to another part. Uh, so for many reasons, I find this more accessible than the Dark Souls games. And uh, yeah, I just I, I actually finished it the other night. And uh, the first thing I did was started another playthrough. But then I reminded <laughs> myself, nope, I can't do that. I don't have time. I got other stuff to play. Uh, but if I if I didn't have other stuff to play, I'd be playing through this game again. Uh, amazing. Game. That's awesome, man. How, how long did it take you to beat just out of curiosity? About 40 hours, which I think is on the long side. But um, I, I spent a lot of time leveling up and uh, uh, grinding just to get, you know, my my stats boosted. That's awesome. I'm glad that it's not longer than that. That sounds ideal for me. Yeah, I, I did read a review that said, you know, some new players end up beating it in like 20 hours. So if you're if you're good at these types of games, you might be able to do it much quicker than I did. <laughs> don't knock yourself josh <laughs> you put in the time you struggled and you won yeah i did i did so and it felt good <laughs> all right so now we are going to dig into our mailbag every week we take a question a, a reader mail question uh you can write into preloaded at the email address preloadedpodcast at gmail.com if you want to hear jackson and i discuss one of your questions so please write in we love to hear from you. This week, we got a question from Joe who asks, the game Godfall looks beautiful, but is this just a simple hack and slash or is there more meat and story to this than it seems? And, you know, I haven't played this, but I did as a result of getting this question. I just looked up some of the reviews that have posted. There's a review roundup on Open Critic, And, you know, Joe, you, it sounds like you hit the nail on the head with this. this that's pretty much what reviewers are saying. Yes. Um, and, and I've I, I wanted to chime in here because I I've only played two hours. So it's it's really rough for me to definitively say one way or another. But that's two hours more than someone who hasn't played anything. And the issue with this game is that it's it, it feels like it's focused around one mechanic, but it's not good at the mechanic. It, mm. It's the the hacking and slashing is not satisfying. Um, also, the visual style, I don't think lands. It's It's kind of like. Uh, I like this analogy. It's like using a highlighter in a textbook. If you just highlight everything in the textbook, then nothing is special. That's mm -hmm. that's what the visual style looks like to me. Everything huh. is this flashy sort of um, over-the-top chrome aesthetic, but everything is that. So 
it makes everything kind of fade into the background, whereas it might be more special if they went in a different direction. So, um, but generally speaking, this is not my kind of game, Joe. So it's hard for me to give, you know, the best review that I think it possibly could. Like if someone is very into, uh, what is that game that everyone plays? It's ongoing. You have the different suits. It's very similar to this one. I'm just blanking on it right now. Different suits, not Destiny. No, uh, not oh Borderlands. Uh, I'm trying to think of different suits. Warframe. <laughs> there you go. Okay. Warframe. If someone's very into Warframe, I think they may be able to give a better rounded explanation. But I'm not. Like, I just don't like Warframe. So that's me. Yeah. And uh, Joe, I did just pull up the review roundup on Open Critic, And the most positive review on that review roundup gave it an 8 out of 10. And even they pretty much summed up kind of what you said. They said, Godfall's excellent combat system and gorgeous graphics will earn it many fans, though its cookie-cutter storyline and chronic lack of enemy variety drag it down drag down the experience. So um, even an 8 out of 10 kind of gave it a... I mean, of course, that's just a out-of-context little tidbit from the review, but most of the other reviews are 5s out of 10, 6s out of 10s, so not a, not overwhelmingly positive. Yeah, it just it seems like a miss, um, which is a little disappointing for this for this studio. And what was billed as a very big PS5 exclusive, yeah. by the way. Yeah. Yep. So uh, that does it for this week. Again, you can write into preloaded at the email address preloadedpodcast at gmail.com. And again, if you are listening on any of the audio platforms, we'd love for you to subscribe and leave us a review. That will definitely help us out. Uh, before we sign off, Jackson, is there anything you want to plug on your channel? Just, uh, I'm going to make something Valhalla related. I've been a little slow on content, but uh, I definitely will have some kind of opinion related thing. Uh, but I, I will be a little slow on content because it is the holiday coming up. Um, so just an FYI on that. And you can find me on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at JV on YT as well as Facebook. Nice. And on my channel, I just posted this morning as we're recording a video on cyberpunk. I mentioned it earlier. It's the, or it's 12 things that you may not yet know about cyberpunk 2077. So check that out. It is all gameplay related. And I I will give a little shout out to some commenters. I think there were two commenters who said that it was a little spoilery. So just be warned, but it's all gameplay. But if you don't want to know about cyberpunk gameplay, that hasn't been discussed in uh, the Night City Wires. Maybe stay away, but it is performing well. People seem to like it, so I don't think you have too much to worry about. But if if you want to know more about Cyberpunk gameplay, check that out. Uh, you can find me on social media at Quest Mode Games on both Twitter and Instagram. And with that, we are going to wrap it up. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you next week. Bye, guys. Bye.